I don't know who does all this uh, calendar planning, but you know, Sunday after New Year, it's, it's pretty brutal. But uh, look at you, you guys all made it, so well done, good and faithful servants, uh, you are here. And uh, not only that, I pray that uh, today's service will be a huge blessing, worth, worth uh, the fatigue of uh, less hours of sleep and, and whatever, whatever. So you're here, um, Happy New Year, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what God's plans are for you, uh, for the church. Uh, and um, what this new year uh, brings in. Uh, a survey was done uh, recently just asking people uh, what are their number one time management challenges. So uh, if you had to make a mental uh, process in your own brain, like what is the thing that uh, challenges you the most uh, with your time management? What do you um, struggle with? Um, <clears throat> Maybe you'll identify with some of these uh, items that came up. Uh, one of those things that came up was people saying, just trying to control my schedule, uh, feeling like you know the schedule's controlling uh, you uh, as opposed to you being able to control your schedule. Uh, others said too many meetings. It feels like you're just always in a meeting and the meeting's unproductive, but you've got another meeting. Obviously, this was pitched more at leaders. Uh, and in the in the corporate world, uh, another complaint was uh, emails and uh, similar interruptions. Uh, you, you're trying to get things going, but you've got to respond to emails and texts and and uh, whatever not. Uh, another uh, challenge to time was intentionally uh, trying to create enough time for family. But never feeling like you got enough time for family. You're on the road. You 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 working late. You're leaving early, uh, and so family time uh, wasn't getting done. And then somebody else said the social media black hole. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I mean, you want to chew up a lot of time. It's just like trying to stay up to date with social media. It's it's like it never ends, and you never feel like you're fully connected. Um, but how about you? Uh, what, how, what about your time management and, and uh, uh, what would give you life? And I, I want to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, how to manage your time or prioritize your time to invest actually in yourself. I mean, it's a very selfish message. Uh, in other words, what would give you life? And I'm clearly associating that with uh, being connected to the Lord. Uh, and uh, you know what I'm the basis of my message today is pretty simple, and that is, can you focus on the things that give you life? And I, I promise you, there's nothing I'm going to say today that's really novel or you say, man, I, I just never thought of that. I, I promise you that almost everything I'm going to say today is going to be something that uh, you're more than aware of and you're more than familiar with. But that's not the point. The point is, what is Jesus, what is God uh, trying to do in you? What, how is he trying to get your attention? And uh, if you could connect with God, if you could develop a relationship, foster a, a relationship with God this year, that you felt like you could hear his voice, and that the questions that you're praying about, you feel like God is hearing your prayer, 
and not only hearing it, but he's answering it and he's speaking to you. Uh, let me just suggest that if that could become a reality, this would be an extremely rewarding and successful and blessed year, no matter what this year b brings. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not talking about like how to become the CEO of your corporation, you know, or five steps to making a million dollars or no, I'm talking about like how to connect with Jesus in a rich, meaningful, relational kind of a way where firsthand you're hearing about Jesus. Firsthand you feel like God is talking to you and Jesus is encouraging you and the Spirit of God is empowering you. Uh, you're not hearing about it through others. You're not like just it's not my stories that that you know you might or might not find entertaining. It's your own story where you're connecting with God. So I want to spend uh, today's service uh, looking at this sort of novel idea. Uh, you know, getting back to basics of hearing God personally and what we can do uh, to to make that a reality. Uh, so uh, let me just uh, let me just open uh, in prayer uh, and uh, all that to say if you can leave here today with a plan of what gives you life, uh, connecting with Jesus, I think I would have fulfilled uh, my intentions for today's service. So Lord Jesus, I, I just pray that uh, your presence would be felt. I just Ask for an increase in your Holy Spirit to be upon me, uh, to be able to preach your word. Uh, Lord, that our hearts uh, would be able to hear, our uh, intellect would be able to comprehend uh, what it is that you're saying to each one of us. And how we each personally can customize our lifestyle or uh, our plan to hear from you. Each one of us is in a different place. And so, Lord, I just pray for this service. Just help me to preach in your name, Jesus. Amen. Uh, there's two verses that I want to just kind of hone on, on, hone in on uh, today. And the first is one that many of you have memorized, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12, uh, because it's a great verse. Uh, Old Testament prophet, you know, you're going through the book of Jeremiah, and it's... Uh, pretty hard reading and then you get to chapter 29 and and you know you get this verse and it's just really a it's like uh you know fresh water for a dry parched soul but uh it's relevant for each one of us it says this jeremiah speaking and god speaking to you and to me he says for i know the plans i have for you now it's right to hear this in two levels. Now, today I want to be speaking on two levels. I want to be speaking on a personal level, that's you. And on another level, I want to be speaking about us as a church, uh, which is also you. So, personal and corporate. The Lord says, for I know the plans I have for you. You personally, you, us being the church. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, 
you will find me. You know, which is really so uh, interesting here is God is so relational. And there is a sense where sometimes when we're praying, God is not hearing. And God is telling us in this verse, listen, I don't always listen to your prayers. But if you press in now, this is the season, I will hear you and I will respond to you. Uh, so, you know, it's not unusual for us in our Christian walk to go through periods which just seem dry or they just seem like God is a little distant. And uh, if that's the case, uh, we need to like take stock. We need to think, why is that God? Or there should be something in us which is saying, I don't like this. I don't like feeling distant from God or I don't feel like, I don't like when I'm disconnected to the church body. Uh, and it's a, a time for a quick self-examination. Because the other verse which uh, I've put together on here is James 4.8. And it says uh, in the New Living Translation, uh, Come close to God. And if you're familiar with the NIV, draw close to God and God will draw or come close to you. So, you know, here the emphasis is on us coming towards God, drawing close to God, and when we make that effort, God honors it, and He hears our prayer, and He connects with us, and He relates to us. So there's some uh, part of this where the onus is on us to make an effort to hear God. And when we do, God recognizes that you're making an effort and that's pleasing to God and God honors that effort that you make. And uh, uh, this sort of basis of this, of this plan and what I'm going to be talking about today hinges on this. And what you need to hear right from the outset is that this isn't a lot of a list of you ought to you must, uh, you know, uh, guilt-ridden. Uh, it, it's not that at all. But it is a sense of encouragement that if you want to, if you're hungry for the Lord, if you desire to draw close to the Lord, uh, you will find Him. And your life in the Lord will be rich. And of course I want to encourage you to do that. But it's all in the motive. Uh, the last thing I want to do is, you know, be like pushing string. It just doesn't work. I can pull string and, you know, I can encourage you, but you need to be self-motivated to want to seek the Lord. And all I'm going to do here is sort of uh, give you some thoughts and some ideas on how to make that better and richer. And for you to strain that and, and evaluate that, maybe against the backdrop of this, of this past year, this last year, and say, well, how did you do against that? Or should you tweak something? Or is there a certain aspect that, you know, is more pertinent for you versus, say, others that would help you uh, to connect with the Lord? So if you've got a bulletin insert, uh, why don't you pull it out? And uh, I didn't have any fill in the blanks because I knew it's like, okay, it's Christmas uh, has just gone by, and uh, New Year's Eve is uh, Saturday night, and it's Sunday morning, and uh, everything's looking a little blurry on this page, and so I thought, no fill in the blanks, and, and you'll just see a list of things that I got here, uh, my plan for spiritual growth. I mean, just look how novel this is. I mean, this is just like so creative. Church, Bible, prayer, community, evangelism. I mean, I just 
came up with all these ingenious plans. I mean, just they're so <laughs> instructive. Uh, so before you fall asleep and just say, yeah, like what's new here? Uh, there's actually, I think there's quite a lot that's, that's new here that I want to uh, talk to you about in this. But I want to spend most of this morning talking about church and talking about Bible. I mean, those are the two aspects that I, I want to emphasize uh, to you uh, because I think uh, starting out the new year, this is what uh, would be most instructive or helpful. Uh, and re relating to church, relating to our church, uh, the two questions uh, that you might be asking yourself is this. Why commit to attending church regularly? Why? And uh, the second question is, you might be asking is, uh, why come to this particular church? Uh, why this church? There's many churches. And so I just want to unpack a little bit today who we are as a church. And if you've been coming a long time, you'd say, okay, I get it. Uh, if you've been coming for uh, some time, you might say, yeah, I noticed there's some things which are little, uh, you know, distinctives of this church, and I, I want to just articulate that a little bit uh, and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, who we are as a church and what do we value and what's a priority and, and why do we do the things that we do uh, at church. So one of the things that I... Uh, expects from church is that we would hear from God personally and collectively that somehow or other in the mysterious way that God speaks to us that you and I each would personally hear from God like we'd feel like God is speaking to us or encouraging us or God knows our particular circumstances you know uniquely and he's speaking to us in our own life situation. That's, that should be a reality for us as we attend church. And it works through preaching. This is the, the plan that God has. As, as I'm preaching about, you know, the things I'm preaching about, I tell you, I can't tell you how many times people have come to me after church or, or during the week and said, boy, well, you know, God just really used whatever you were saying, and they'll tell me whatever it was that I was saying, and I'm thinking, did I even say that? I mean, it had like nothing to do with my sermon. You know, I've got all these great points, attend church, read the Bible, and somebody said, no, the thing that struck, you know, with me was something totally different. But that's the way God uses uh, preaching, and He uses the Word of God. He, he, he like speaks to us uh, in our own personal situation. So what I'm saying is, uh, we should have an expectation on Sunday morning that God is going to speak to us and that we want Him to speak to us and our hearts are open to hear from the Lord. The other uh, thing that I want to say about us as a church is we want to be a church that makes disciples. Now, that's a huge topic and uh, what do we mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is, is, is somewhat simple and yet very complex. Uh, the simple thing is uh, to make disciples means God wants to take uh, people uh, that don't know Him to become people that do know Him, and for us that do know Him to become more like Him and to follow Him. I mean, on one hand, it's very simple. On the other hand, it's like, okay, well, how do we do that? You know. So uh, what I'm saying is we do want to be a church that uh, makes disciples, where we uh, expect 
our friends to be able to be welcome here, even if they don't believe what we believe. And uh, we expect those that, of us that do believe to be able to hear the Word of God on a regular basis and to be uh, lifted up and uh, nourished by that. The other um, tendency that we have here in the church, which is uh, distinctive, I, I would say, from many churches, is the way that we want to press into the things of the Holy Spirit. Now, we want to press into the things of the Holy Spirit in a naturally supernatural way. No hype, no manipulation, but on a you know, ongoing, regular basis, we want to take risks with what we think the Spirit of God might be doing in our midst. And uh, sometimes that'll just seem like foolishness, you know. Uh, other times it'll just seem like unbelievably miraculous. And when you're on the receiving end of a prophetic word or an insight that somebody's given to you or the, through the Lord, uh, and it, it can really transform your life. Uh, it's transformed my life again and again. And so we want to uh, be available to that. And uh, we want to, particularly, you know, the prayer ministry afterwards, uh, we want to say, look, uh, let's just give God a chance. And we believe that anybody can be used by the Lord to deliver a prophetic word or an insight. It's not just me. It's not just... You know, people that would have more of a, a, a prophetic ministry. But what we are saying is, uh, as a, on a regular basis in church, after, at the end of the service, we have time up front to say, okay, let's come forward for prayer, those that want to. And as I've said in the past, when you come forward for prayer, there's a two-pronged thing which is happening. One is, you're responding to whatever it might be that I'm asking you to come forward to. But you've got to be equally aware attuned to the fact that the prayer team are not necessarily that concerned about the thing that you came forward to. They primarily concerned about listening to God and thinking and hearing God, what is it that you want to say to this person? Which might be totally different to what you think you want prayer for. So when you come forward to receive prayer, understand that, that the person is trained here to be listening to God and their primary question that they're asking God is, what do you want to say to this person, Lord? And yeah, they also want to respond to what it is that you're coming forward to. So uh, giving the, the Spirit of God an opportunity uh, to work in you. And then uh, the other thing that we expect to happen is that God would change us. Uh, so this is a, an, a really interesting thing that God does in us. God really does want to change us, and He wants to make us more and more like Jesus. This is a lifelong process where God wants to change us. And the challenge becomes when we don't want to change, when we just like, I'll resist the Spirit, I'm not going to change, you know, and that's a problem. Uh, on the other hand, when we say, God, help me to change, uh, let me cooperate with what it is that you want to change in me. Yeah, it can be risky. It can be terrifying. It can be nerve-wracking. It's like, who wants to do something which is uncertain and you're not sure what God is actually doing in you? But that is why church life never becomes boring. Because if the Spirit of God is moving, 
you're always going to be challenged. There's always going to be a sense that God is, is taking you out of your comfort zone and is asking you to risk, is asking you to grow in Him. And we are constantly going to feel uncomfortable with changing and becoming more and more like Jesus. Because when we look at ourselves, we can see lots in our lives that isn't like Jesus. And uh, we want to become more like Jesus. So, as a church, we, uh, you know, come up with a, you know, a vision of who we are, and uh, we look at some of the scriptures, which are the significant scriptures for us in the Bible, and we kind of focus and press in on those. And uh, so we uh, took some time as, as elders, overseers, uh, senior leaders, and, and prayed about this, and asked the Lord, okay, so who... Uh, have you made us become, who are we, who have you, uh, yeah, who, what have you made us become that's different from others, and, and what is it that you want us to focus in on uh, for this year? And this wasn't like a, you know, a whole rewrite, it was more just like a, a re-emphasizing, and so this is what we came up with. We have, uh, as I've preached often in the past, uh, there's four principles that guide us for uh, scriptures. We call them the great, uh, great compassion, great commandment, great companionship, great commission. But uh, when we look back at who we are, uh, something sort of jumped out at us, and it said we want to elevate to the the top of that list, uh, great compassion. Uh, and there's many different scriptures that highlight this, but the one in Micah six eight, uh, in the NRV says this: to act justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your Lord. And we said, yeah, this, this idea of being a church which is compassionate uh, internally and externally is something that resonates with us, not just because we want it uh, to resonate, but because that's a reality of where we've seen many people in this church serve and give their time and give their money. Uh, you know, it's to express uh, the mercy of God and ex to express uh, acts of justice, social justice, and walking humbly with God. Uh, but, you know, the other scriptures are, are tremendously uh, important and it's hard to sort of prioritize them. I'm just saying here are four which uh, shape the way we do church. Uh, great commandments. Love the Lord with all your heart. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, great companionship. Uh, this one's a little more obscure for many, but uh, the reason it so resonates with me is this great idea about God wants relationship with us. And that little scripture in Exodus 33, uh, where Moses is wrestling with God, is so like pertinent or relevant to each of us. Because as I said earlier, there are times in your life when you pray and you just don't seem to be connecting with God. And uh, there was a time in Moses' life where he was like so distraught and he just like wanted to quit. And, uh, you know, he, he's basically fighting and arguing with God. And let me tell you, it's a great place to be when you're fighting and struggling and wrestling with God. It's a good place to be. The worst place you can be is when you're just like disinterested. Like you're just like, well, I don't care. But when you're like frustrated, maybe because God's not, you know, working the, in your life the way you thought he would or 
or you know you've had a hope which has been dashed you really thought this was the lord and it hasn't come to pass so and you're wrestling with god you you will hear the the voice of god god will encourage you so in this section you know this section exodus 33 moses basically says to god listen unless you go with me i'm not gonna i don't want to lead your people and god says very encouragingly to moses i will be with you and only not only will he be with, with you and with us god says this is the thing which will distinguish us moses knew it he said this will be the thing that distinguishes us from any other people group and it's like vital it's like god okay we want this sort of relationship with you that we can connect with you and uh, it distinguishes us and distinguishes our lifestyle from everybody around us because you're with us and your presence is with us and you guide us and we ask you for guidance and you give us guidance and then the last one would be the great commission uh, which goes back to the idea of making disciples where god is saying look uh, the church is here for a purpose and there's many facets to church uh, the one, you know, is this idea of being compassionate and loving each other. But it's not like, you know, a Labrador mother with, you know, her six puppies and she's just licking them and loving them and feeding them and just licking them and loving them and feeding them. And it's like, oh, it's just so nice. Just don't leave the bed. It's just like, no, it's that. But it's also like, let's get out. You know, let's go and do some stuff and let's make a difference. Uh, so it's both, uh, and uh, the Great Commission is uh, not just for like, okay, that's for the church leader, or, you know, Rob, that's your job. You know, we're just going to be loving and be like Labrador puppies. We're just like all come here and just love each other and, and then go home and just do it all again. No, it's for all of us. You know, it, it's, when you step into church, you will be pulled in all sorts of directions. If church is boring for you, you just disconnected. There's no possible way that you can be uh, experiencing all these four great, you know, uh, scripture verses and not feel like some sense of tension. Uh, you should feel tension, but it should be a good tension. It's like, yes, I'm experiencing some of these in some level and others not in, in another level. So anyway, uh, I want to say that. And then in terms of our church service. I want to try and put some language to this because I don't want people to come here for, you know, six months trying to figure out if this is the church and then uh, after they've been here six months for them to spend the next six months trying to change me and tell me it's like, you know, we're not the same as the church that just left and we really should be this and, and you know, why don't we do this? And uh, so I, I kind of want to use a bus analogy this is the bus that we're going and we're going in this direction and the door is you know we stopped the door is wide open you can come on in on the bus but when we're going we have a focus and we have a direction and i'm really uh, not that interested in like deviating every single which way when you oh well, that's a good idea and then we go yeah that's a good idea no this is the bus this is the style. This is who we are. If you like it, you're welcome to join us. But if you don't like it, find another church that is who you want to be. But don't be here and make life miserable for all of us. I mean, like, you know, we like the bus. We like the journey. I like you people. So uh, let me just, like, articulate this a little bit. Uh, with preaching, uh, 
There are many, many, many styles of preaching. Uh, you know, if you say what's good preaching, uh, that's so personal. I mean, I don't know who you, you might watch TV preaching. You might listen to online preaching. I, I guarantee you, if we did a survey here of who you listen to, if you listen to other people online, uh, not everybody would be listening to the same people. It would be like they'd be a big cross-section. So I want to just put words to what I'm trying to do. And uh, if this resonates with you, you'll be like, okay, this is my bus. If this doesn't resonate with you, you're going to be like constantly frustrated. It's going to be like, it just isn't, you know, I'm not T.D. Jakes or, uh, you know, L.L. Bean or like who's somebody else. You know, it's just like, so what, what I want to do is this. Uh, I want uh, to preach through the Bible, uh, books of the Bible. So starting next week, we're going to be doing a series uh, called Be Blessed. And I'm going to be looking at the book of Ephesians. And what I'm going to be doing out of the book of Ephesians is looking at what I think are some of the big topics that are coming up in Ephesians. And I'm going to preach those. Now, this is what I'm not going to do. So, like, if, if you're getting frustrated, I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm not going to be preaching verse by verse, word by word. I'm not going to do that. Uh, that, I think, is a, a good way of doing a Bible study, by the way. Uh, and I'm not opposed to preachers that preach that. But I'm going to go through the book of Ephesians, looking at the major themes and what I think is the Spirit of God is speaking to us, and we're going to work through that book. And then when we finish the book of Ephesians, we're probably going to be looking at the book of Acts and probably going, uh, I'm thinking of starting in, in like chapter 10 of Acts, and, and we're going to work through that book. And here's what happens. Uh, if you're in this church for like five years, we will cover like almost every single major theme in the Bible because I'm preaching through the books of the Bible. Now, uh, just like personality, I'm not like the most creative guy in the world. Uh, many of you know I'm an accountant by background, and you say, yeah, I can see that. You know, you could do with a little bit of like creativity, and that's why I like delegate to the music guys. Like, oh, it's not my league. You guys can be creative. Yeah, so we're going to work through the Bible. We're going to work through the themes. And, and uh, I believe God will do what God promises to do. He will honor His own word. He will speak to you personally. And He will guide you. And you will hear things that encourage you greatly. And you will also hear things that really just irritate you. And so be it. That's God's word. I'm not here to only preach the things that everybody wants to hear about. Uh, I'm here to preach through the book. And when you preach through the book, you're going to find stuff in there that nobody else wants to talk about. And we have to talk about it because I think it's God's Word. Okay, so that's preaching. Now, um, in terms of uh, worship, uh, I, you know, I, I think Beth Newman, one of our worship leaders, expressed it brilliantly. She said to me, can we just be who God has made us to be? And I'm like, yeah. That's a good idea because God has given us some great musicians and we have a particular style. And if we can do that within who we are, that'll be great. Uh, you know, I don't want each week to be something like totally different. One week it's jazz and next week is country and the next week it's like, it'll be like, whoa, whoa, which week am I showing up for? But, you know, we can't like be Hillsong uh, and we can't be like, you know, whoever else the latest. We can be who we are. And uh, I think it can be beautiful. And I think it will be. And I think it is. So uh, great worship. The ministry I've already spoken to you. 
if you're interested in like more of what I'm saying, there's a book called uh, The Quest for the Radical Middle. It's a great autobiography, so to speak, of the Vineyard Church. Uh, it'll take you through some of the swings that the vineyard has gone through, uh, and it well captures this idea of the tension between in trying to be in the middle. Not to be this extreme and not to be that extreme, but to be in the middle. And there is a tension in that, believe me. And uh, there's a sense of discomfort in that, because sometimes you want more of this or you want more of that. And uh, even as we start looking at the book of Ephesians, and you look at uh, God's Word, and you look, about, look at what will come up fairly quickly in this series, is this idea of predestination and God's fr uh, free will. Man, there's just like, it's just a tension there. And to live in the, the radical middle, yeah, it, it, well, we'll talk about it. Uh, preview, up-and-coming topics. Uh, so uh, enough about uh, church attendance, uh, but let me just maybe say, uh, say something here about church attendance and being here at church and what are we trying to do with preaching. There's a twofold process here. Now, again, I, I, I really don't want this to come across like guilt because it can easily. But when you show up to church, there's two things going on. You think you're just showing up for yourself. You think this is all about you and it's all about showing up for yourself. But actually, you're also showing up for others. Uh, your presence means that you're part of a church community. And by you being here, you adding value to the church community. Now, let me just say this. In all, like, I don't know if this is gentleness or, or what. But when you come late, two things happen. A, you start missing out personally. I mean, when you walk in halfway through my... my if you're walking like now, you're like, okay, uh, you've missed something. Uh, but if you come early, like five minutes early, you are doing something incredible for evangelism. Now, you might not see yourself as being a great evangelist, but you can be a great evangelist by showing up five minutes early to church. Because when do guests come to church? They come to church five minutes early. And believe me, it's very discouraging for a guest to walk into church and there's nobody here except like a few faithful up here and the rest is just empty and the person like, it's just hurting. I mean, I'd take a survey if I uh, with some guests that came today, but I don't want to point them out and make them feel awkward. But that's it. You got it. You know. So you coming early, you're doing two things. You're, you're serving yourself and you're serving evangelism. You're serving the church just by showing up on time or early. Uh, early is better than on time. Uh, but anyway, enough about church and church attendance. I, I, it's God's plan. Church is God's uh, design for, uh, for connecting with you, for God connecting with you. Bible reading. Uh, this is such a great one. Uh, how many of you, uh, This I am going to ask for a show of hands. I don't normally like to do a show of hands or embarrass people. But how many of you were able to uh, follow through what I did last year this time where I handed out a Bible reading plan and I said, if you'd like to, uh, it'll richly bless you if you read through... Uh, the Bible this year with their plan. How many of you were actually able to do that? Okay, uh, Bernadette, we've got one candidate here. All right, Richly, two candidates. You see, they like you want to put up their hands like they're so proud, but they're like... You see, I got a wonderful reward for you. 
Did you tell your hubby? Is this like, was this an inside, was he on the inside track? Okay. Anybody else now read through the Bible the whole year? And like, yeah, I, I don't know, I read through, got through, okay. How about like, on my plan, well, that's good. every day is good enough. I mean, I, 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 my plan is not like the inspired plan. So if you read every day, you, you were doing good. One more? Now we're getting lots of people. Now I'm giving away freebies. I like people like, okay, I, I, I don't know. Okay. Well, here's, here's the plan for this year. Uh, this is a wonderful devotion, uh, Experiencing God Day by Day by Henry Blackaby. Uh, just like each day of the year, uh, there's a reading, a scripture verse, and some application of that. And I'm encouraging you to take on this challenge and to read uh, Henry Blackaby's daily devotion. You'll find it extremely uh, rewarding. And here's the thing, if you miss like a week, it doesn't matter, you just like Carry on where you, you know, that, that day, wherever it is. Uh, November the 3rd, it's like each day of the year, it's there. So uh, there's no catch-up needed. Uh, so I got a half a box of Bible uh, of those devotions there, and uh, Bernadette will be selling them for how much, Bernadette? $50, she said. <laughs> oh, well, $5. Oh, okay, $5 if you buy them from Bernadette, $10 if you buy them online, but like that's it. When the, the box is gone, it's gone. Uh, so see Bernadette afterwards. And then uh, you'll also notice I, I had an IQ test in here. Uh, had somebody that was like, what are we doing in church today? Is it like, is a test here? No, this is a, a, a Bible reading plan uh, of the New Testament uh, where you read through the New Testament. It's like scaling it back a bit because uh, not too many of you were able to read through the whole Bible in a year. Uh, five minutes a day, five days a week, the whole New Testament. Uh, you're on your own. You can read along with that, and uh, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, there are ways that God will speak to you and encourage you through your own Bible reading that is unique, and that's one of the primary ways that God speaks to you. So, you know, if you want this year to be rich and rewarding, you want to be able to spend a regular amount of time reading the Word of God. Uh, I... I, I I don't want you to feel guilty about it. I don't want you to feel like, you know, whatever. But if you want to be connected with God, if you want to be hear God's voice, if you want God to direct your plans and know that they are good plans, you have to make the effort to, as James said, draw near to God. And when you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. Uh, so... What you need to do uh, before you leave service today is figure out in your head what is your priorities for this year. If you're going to add Bible reading to your daily plan, you need to take something out. I mean, you can't just keep adding and adding and adding things and then just going faster and faster. You have to like, think about how you're going to reorganize your day and when you're going to do it and how you're going to do it. And uh, I'll leave that up to you. Now, I'm not going to say a whole lot about these other uh, points. Uh, we cover these in detail uh, through the year. But your connection with God, what will encourage you would be not only church attendance, it's not only reading a Bible, it's also prayer. Now, it's your own personal prayer to God, which I think is pretty self-evident and, and obvious. But there's also a communal, a communal effort in prayer which is surprisingly rich. And uh, again, God has designed it this way, which leads into this next point, 
which is uh, being connected in some small group. Some group that will give you life. Now, these groups have many different uh, focuses. Some would be, you know, just be a fellowship group. Some will be a Bible study group. Some will be a group that actually wants to do something. But they should all have something in common where you get together as a small group with people face to face and you also spend time praying for each other and you also spend time enjoying each other's uh, personality, company, uh, togetherness. Uh, small group life is part of church. Evangelism. Uh, this I do want to just spend uh, a minute or two talking about and uh, I want to say this about evangelism. God is, is asking us in the Great Commission to go and make disciples. Uh, people get extremely uncomfortable with the word evangelism. And if you want to feel guilty in a hurry, uh, you know, you ask yourself, well, how many people did I evangelize or bring to the Lord this year? And uh, no matter how well you did, you'll feel bad about yourself because it wasn't enough. Uh, I, I know this one. Uh, this is not. I'm not trying to put put one on you. But I want you to think of evangelism a little bit differently. I want you to think of it this way: Can you be good news? Can you be good news? Not speak good news. Can you be good news? Uh, can you be the type of person that those around you see something in you? that is attractive, that you like light in the world? And can that be that people are asking you about that? Now here's the thing that's encouraging about evangelism with, in this uh, light. Uh, it, this is not about memorizing the Bible and having every doctrine understood and, and then you go out and you start telling somebody, even if they don't want to listen, you just tell them, you know, tell them, tell them, tell them, and you just... You know, let me tell you about Jesus and how to come to the Lord and let the, you know, give you the steps of salvation. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, I don't really don't want to hear it, but yeah, you... No, it, it's more about somebody sees something in you and they say, that's attractive. Now, here's the cool thing. This is not for people that have their lives perfectly sorted out and are just like holy and just like, you know, uh, I don't know, some sort of saintly person. It's often people that are struggling it, often it's people that their lives are a wreck. And, you know, it could be somebody that's like battling with things. And another person in the same wreck looks at you and says, how are you getting faith? How are you, why is praying to Jesus like helpful to you? And then you say, well, let me tell you, if it wasn't for Jesus, you know, I wouldn't be able to like whatever it is. Or, you know, I got this major decision. If it wasn't for Jesus, I don't know how I'd make it. And there's something that comes out of that, which is life-giving. And it's real because people see that your connection, your relationship, your faith means something practically in your life. And they want that. And so really you need to be ready to give an answer for when somebody asks you the question. Now that's more what I'm talking about in terms of evangelism, being good news, uh, not just talking the good news. So let me just uh, conclude with that and have the worship team uh, come on up uh, here and uh, let's worship the Lord. But while we're worshiping the Lord, I'm asking you to think about what is it that you need to tweak in your life, given what I've said? What is it that you want to do differently uh, for this year to be a rich and rewarding year with relationship with God? What do you need to do differently, unique to yourself, uh, to, to change what it is that you did perhaps last year, or 
What did you do last year that gave you a whole lot of life that you really want to continue to do this year? So why don't you, why don't you stand and uh, let's worship and then we're going to come back and we'll do uh, communion and uh, go from there.